Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Lars Lindstrom here from Creative Income. Welcome back or welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, I would love to know about it. Uh, I After the episode, if you guys want to uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Creative Income Podcast um, or uh, JLarzL, my other Instagram or Facebook, or if you are fortunate to have seen my website and uh, know my phone number, go ahead and shoot me a text. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to hear from you, man. I want to I wanna know who you are, where you're listening from, uh, where you're coming from, and what you got going on in your life. What, uh, what led you down this path? I'm happy you're here. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty busy world out there, you know? We've got lots of, uh, lots of choices for listening to content. Um, and I'm just happy that I have your attention for a, a small amount of time. I was thinking just recently about how we can get pretty caught up in uh, everybody else's lives, and, and that can kind of bring you down. Um, I'm on Instagram a ton, way more than I should be. I'm, I'm completely addicted to Instagram and I'm trying to get off of it, but my goodness, is it entertaining. <sighs> my point is I, I look at other people's work and I look at other people's uh, presumed success and I, and I just can't help but think, why am I not that person? And I can't help but com- compare myself to them. And, and it's kind of like a, like a, a terrible thing, really. And, I, and you know it, and I know it, and we're, we're all trying to do our best. But what I wanted to do on this episode was actually talk about things that I'm not doing. Maybe I need to be doing better uh, from a financial perspective or creative perspective. Um, just to let you know that I'm human, too. And um, I think we'll talk about some of these things and I'll, and I'll maybe justify the reasons why I'm doing things this way. But, um, but I think it's important that you know that I'm not perfect. Like I'm not, I'm not retiring anytime soon on a beach. You know, like uh, that's just not, I'm working, man. I'm a cinematographer. I feel like a laborer most of the time. You know, I've, I've found some really fun things that work really well for me in terms of passive income or, or generating long-term wealth. Um, like owning our home and doing a 15-year mortgage and things like that, which I'll talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a millionaire, you know. Like I, I'm not, I'm not retiring anytime soon. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump into what I'm doing um, that I want to be doing differently or better. And um, as I'm talking, maybe you guys can uh, think of some things as well that you're doing and and maybe doing well that you, if you have advice for me, uh, reach out. I, I want to hear what you have to say. And anyway, let's jump into it. So um, let's see here. Anything going on this week for me? I'm producing a commercial right now. Um, from time to time, I'm fortunate enough to produce, direct, and shoot um, commercials for a couple agencies in town. And one out of town. And this one's out of town, but they're coming to me. And we're doing this fun little commercial. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it next week um, a little bit more. Uh, but we're shooting Tuesday, Wednesday next week. And uh, it's comedic. It's really fun. I've worked with the, the talent before. Um, and I've worked with the agency a lot. So um, that'll be great. I'm excited for it. Anything else I need to talk about? Uh, I got some narrative stuff in September and October, commercial stuff in September. Um, so yeah, I, I guess let's just jump right in. Uh, so what I'm not doing right now, um, I'm not maxing out my 401k. And I think I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm really not contributing much at all to my 401k right now. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, last week we had Travis on the podcast and, and Travis is maxing out his 401k. Good for you, Travis. We're all very proud of you. Um, and 
Well, the reason I'm not is for this, two reasons. Uh, you can max out a total of some, something close to 20,000 a year, right? Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not a tax expert um, or, or a lawyer or anything like that, so take everything I say with a little bit of grain of salt um, and not as tax advice, I guess, legally, protecting only me. Um, one second, my wife is calling. Hey, what's up? I am home. Oh, cool. Great. I'm recording a podcast. You're you're on the air. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a, it's a solo podcast, so um so you're not interrupting anybody, just uh, the audience. <laughs> huh? Why did I answer? I don't know. You you you're my wife with two children. <laughs> I just uh, need to make sure you're okay. Yeah. All right. See you soon. Bye. Uh, where were we? Okay, yeah. Um, Travis, I think, right? So yeah, he's maxing out his 401k. So the reason I'm not is is for a couple reasons. So the first reason is I think you you can you can do a max of like twenty thousand a year. I think it's a little bit lower than that, but it's about that. Um, which means that you're reducing your your taxable income by not twenty thousand, but basically it's a write-off so you'll you'll deduct twenty thousand against your income so um that's not like incredibly enticing for me right now like i i am enticed by bigger write-offs so if i can write off a set of lenses for eighty thousand dollars that to me makes a lot more sense plus i immediately have an asset that i'm making money on and that's not I mean like if I were to put $20,000 away in the stock market in a 401k it would also make money and on on average about 8% annually which is great for the stock market but it's not awesome for me in my youth right now when I understand my industry my industry is equipment I understand what other cinematographers like I understand what um, producers are paying for I understand what rental houses are looking for so for me I would rather take that $20,000 right now, put it in towards some equipment that I know is going to generate between, let's say, 20 and 50 or higher percent ROI annually. That's the trick, right? Is I feel like my money can also be a tax write-off because it's my industry and I can deduct that fully with a 179 tax deduction um, and I can put it to use and make money on it immediately. and I can't really do that with a stock market. I don't control the stock market. I don't know what products Apple's going to come out with. I don't know what Amazon's doing next. I don't know what, you know, it's like, so, but but for me, I owning a set of lenses, I know what that's doing. Now, is this foolish? It is for a little reason. And the reason is, am I going to hold value in all this equipment for 30 years? And in 30 years when I'm ready to retire, is that gonna be worth what I paid for it now? Sometimes, yes. Some lenses increase in value. If I buy, we talked about it with Henry last week. Um, if I buy a set of vintage lenses, the potential of it going up in value in the future is pretty high because there's a finite amount of them. Now, if I buy a camera body uh, for $80,000 in 10 years, it's probably gonna be worth maybe four or 5,000 bucks. And that's just the reality. And that's just our industry things change. It's like I bought my first Alexa Classic um, for $32,000 and I could probably sell it today for about five grand. 
and that's just the reality. And that's fine. I don't care. I made my money back on that camera. But there are other things that do generate more more money, you know, like tripods or filters or monitors, stuff like that. Anyway, so um, I am not, I'm not really contributing at all to my 401k right now. I have one. Um, it's there. It's nice that it's there. I think moving forward, I should probably start maxing it out so that I have actual liquid cash in a retirement account that I can then rely on for when I'm 60 years old. So there, there, there we go. I also do not have currently a Roth IRA. So the difference between a traditional 401k um, is that you deduct the, the taxes on the money that goes in um, and then you pay taxes on it as you pull it out when you retire. Uh, a Roth IRA, you pay taxes on now, but it grows tax-free. So I like the idea of on an off year, a year that I don't generate as much wealth as usual, I like the idea of having a Roth IRA to max out so that because I'm in a lower tax bracket potentially that year, I can put some money in towards this because I don't really, I'm not paying as much in taxes and it then grows uh, tax-free. So that's that would be the benefit of having both a 401k and a Roth IRA for good years and bad years to try to offset that. But the problem is with Roth IRAs, I think the max you can contribute is like $6,500. Not awesome. So it's like, for me, it's just, it's, it's not... Um, and, I, and, and I'm afraid of how this is gonna sound, but it's just not enticing enough um, for me. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not making millions of dollars a year, as I've stated before, but like $6,000 to try to offset some taxes, uh, I, that's not, it's, for me, it's just not as enticing as, as some other sexier things like cameras. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right there. Let me know if I'm, if I'm just an idiot would you just uh, just let me know if I'm just doing this all wrong and if, if I'm just missing out on uh, a bigger picture idea here so I want to know um, let's see let's see what else do I want to talk about I want to talk about not playing the long game in the stock market so I have a problem and the problem usually ha always circles around equipment or real estate or something like that but I will I will try and play the stock market um, and pull out cash when I feel like it's high and put cash in when it's low. Now, the pulling out when it's high, I have usually been uh, a loser. And I, I usually pull out too soon. I jump the gun. I think we're in a hot market and it's about to crash and I pull it out. Um, putting money into the stock market after a big correction, I'm pretty good at. Now, if I were to average everything out and just say, if I just put a certain amount of money in the stock market every single, actually I do daily contributions, which I've talked about, but if I just left it there and just didn't even look at it for the rest of my life, I'd probably be way more well off than I am today. And what I do right now is I let it grow and I let it balloon quickly and it's like exciting for me and I see this sum of cash and then I go, cool, now how am I gonna get this cash to work for me now? And I'll usually pull it out and buy a piece of equipment or uh, you know, we bought um, the house that we're in right now um, is on paper um, worth a lot of money. Um, and so I pulled a lot of cash out to keep our, our payments low on our house um, and we put a lot of cash down um, to, to make the 15 year mortgage work for us. Which, I, which is something I can talk about um, now. So, so that's the, the stock market. I don't play the long game and I should. Um, most of my cash right now is tied up in real estate. That's, uh, that's I would say most, 
of my net worth. So net worth, right, is is the accumulation of everything that you own minus your debts. Um, and I and I would say probably a, maybe a little bit more than half of my entire net worth is in my home. And I don't I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Right, uh, having most of my money tied up in my home, I, I would. It'd be really nice if I had a, a stockpile of cash in a bank account somewhere, or, or in the stock market that we're generating, uh, you know, eight to twelve percent returns annually. Um, but I, I do. Here's the reason I love uh, real estate in in Southern California, which I think is a very stable market, and this is the reason. Um, let's say we bought our house for a million bucks, and I put 300,000 down and I have a loan of $700,000. The bank is taking the risk at the 700, but I'm benefiting from the upside. So while I put $300,000 in and the home, let's say increases 3% a year, that's increasing $30,000 a year. That's not an increase that the bank benefits from. So my $300,000 is actually generating 10% returns annually. Um, and so right now I have a, a less than 2% interest rate. It is absolutely insane how low my interest rate on this house is and the benefits I get from it increasing in, in, the value, in its value, uh, I think far outweighs the interest that I'm paying. So, so that, that's, that's the benefit. You use the bank's leverage um, and that's why I really am drawn to the idea of real estate only if you're doing a 15-year mortgage. If you can't do a 15-year mortgage, I'm not gonna say don't do it, but consider consider other options for a little bit. And I and I I know that it's so hard, especially when we're talking about million dollar homes in Southern California. Um, but there's a reason I lived in Pomona for the first six years of our career and our lives. Um because we could afford a home in Pomona, you know? And and it was a sacrifice. It was a grind, man. We had I had to get up, you know, it's like sometimes if I if I got a call sheet like, okay, see you in Santa Monica at nine AM, I you know, it was like, well, either I can get an Airbnb and go the night before, or I can leave at five o'clock in the morning. I mean literally, because it's either sit in traffic, if I leave at six, I run the risk of potentially being late. That's how bad it was. You know, and so like, of course it was a sacrifice. Of course I didn't enjoy living in a place with lots of crime and not good schools. And, but we did a 15 year mortgage. We bought our home for 390 and when we sold it, we owed less than $200,000 on it and we sold it for 630. So boom, just like this immediate step up in life. And that was in six years we did that. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, if you can't do a 15 year mortgage, Maybe maybe your your expectations are a little bit um, out of line, and they need to be in check a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, start start looking, you know, in Pomona, <laughs> in the Inland Empire. You know, it's gonna if you if that's your goal uh, to own a home, I think you just got to make that sacrifice for a little bit, and uh, and you'll figure it out. So, um, but back back to the issue at hand is I can't easily access this cash. I can always do a home equity line of credit and there's some other options for me, but um, it, I don't know if it would be better to have it in the stock market or you know actual phys- physical cash uh, doing something else for me. Um, for right now, I'm satisfied. I just don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, let me know. Am I doing it wrong? Um, another thing I'm not doing is currently, um, it's I have an S-corporation 
um, which I, I like. That's uh, that's not the thing I don't like, um, or not that I'm not doing. But right now, I don't have any employees. And on the one hand, I love not having employees. Right, I get to keep my overhead low. It's just to me that I have to worry about. Um, there's a lot of benefits to you know I don't have to provide health insurance to other employees or the benefits or workers' compensation. That all these things that uh, that come with having employees that that can be really expensive. I don't have. Um, what I'm what I'm not getting though is is I'm not really scaling Lars Lindstrom Media Inc. Um, to where I think it could be. I mean, I've I've seen some. You know, I was I was I was fortunate to be executive producer on three films uh, uh, last year, and and they did very well. Two of them, two of them doubled their money almost immediately, and then and one of them is grinding is grind, kind of coming back. We'll basically make our money back on the third one. Um, but I loved the fact that it was I I owned something, and I couldn't have done it with myself, just myself. I mean, we made a whole film and it was like, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the production and, and they, they allowed me to, to jump in and, and experience it. But, um, I, I can't help but think that there's something there, right? There's some magic there that I, I have this like idea. I've seen the magic where you create something with other people because you're able to hire other people and you make this thing and then you benefit from owning it. And right now I own equipment and equipment generates income uh, while I sleep and it's incredible. I want that same thing with a piece of art though. I, I want to be producing movies and commercials as well as shooting them to the point where I actually own a physical piece of art that generates income for years. And we talked about that with uh, Rob Diamond. Um, that's basically his retirement plan is to make a bunch of movies and put them up online, you know, or, or, you know, it's like on these like different streaming services. And, and if you do it right, they generate income, you know, and for years, for years in foreign markets and domestic markets. And so that's kind of what I'm, I'm leaning towards right now is I don't have employees right now, which I like because it keeps my overhead low. But on the, on the other hand, am I missing out on other creatives that could come in and elevate my business and elevate what I'm doing to a different level. Um, you know, I, I just was thinking about Travis, uh, Travis Weirs. We had him on the podcast. It was two weeks ago now. Um, not afraid of it, right? He's, he's said, yeah, I'm a production company and we're, and we're just going to grow. We're going to make this, we're going to make content for other people and we're going to own things. And, um, same thing with Noah Clark, um, who I had on the podcast a couple months ago, he owns station 22. Um, you know, he's he's just kind of. I don't think he has employees. Actually, it's it's not about employees. It's about building a business that you know you'll own, and you'll you'll have some sort of physical thing that actually is of value. So um, I'm working on that, um, and that's and that is it's actually something that I do want to work on this year. I I think that there's no reason I shouldn't be producing commercials. There's no reason I shouldn't be producing films, feature films. You know, like I. This Christmas film market's insane. Uh, there's f- like I think Lifetime and Hallmark uh, together make eighty Christmas movies a year. You know that's it's like forty for each network. That's absolutely wild. And so they're looking for content. They're looking for good content creators. I know the model. I know the plans. I know what they like and what they don't like. Um, so why am I not making those? And so that's what I think I'm going to be doing. Um, 
And the last, the last thing is really that. It's maximizing what I know is the most financially profitable work. Um, and that's that. Owning your business that produces commercial or uh, feature content, you know, any kind of narrative content, that is marketable, right? So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not risking, you know, all of my liquid cash to make a really dark indie film that might get some festival attention. That is not, I think, a very wise or profitable experience for me right now. Now, if in the future, if we're making three or four, you know, commercial films uh, that I plan on generating a lot of income from, maybe at that point I can uh, make something artistic or beautiful or something meaningful that is, you know, like grabbing my attention at the time. I'm not saying that I don't want to do that. I do. I'm just saying that right now, can I organize the business so that it generates income so that I can I can monetize and fund my passion projects in the future? So that's what it's all about, right? It's that balance as creatives. We have to figure out a way to generate income so that we can be passionate about our art. And why shouldn't we? And I feel like we will we will unlock that ability and capability uh, as we, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, make money, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just make make a bunch of money so that you can uh, monetize your passions and, and go make a cool art, art project that uh, Sundance is going to pick up and Fox Searchlight is going to pay $20 million for and you'll be in overnight success. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. So anyway, guys, that's that's some, some things. Those are some things that I've been thinking about um, that I'm working on that uh, that I don't know if I'm doing right or wrong. And I, I'm curious what you what you think about it. Am I doing things right? Am I doing things the correct way? Do you guys have better insight or information for me? Hit me up, man. We should create um, a Facebook group. Right now we have just like a, a page, which I don't love because it's not very interactive. We should create a Facebook group where we're able to just like hang out and talk about these faux pas, these things that, uh, you know, as industry, we don't really talk about very much. So maybe I'll do that this week, actually. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, I appreciate you all. Thanks. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening to me ramble here for 20 something minutes. Um, I hope you have a great week. And uh, I hope you, you know, if you find somebody in need of uh, some help, it is my genuine, sincere desire that uh, you help them out and maybe we'll be better for it. So thanks guys. Have a great week.